first up we have Other People, which is from a writer from SNL. Mm-hmm. And I was not expecting much. And when I watched the trailer, I ended up being pleasantly surprised. I thought it looked really good. That's got um, Jesse Plemons in it. I love Jesse Plemons. Yeah, he's great from Friday Night Lights and Bra- the last season of Breaking Bad, right? Mm-hmm. But I thought it looked good. It just looks like a nice little indie comedy, like family drama comedy. It looked good. Yeah. Um. After that, we've got... Uh, now, this is one of the movies I'm most excited to see. It's a movie called Kicks, and it's about a uh, uh, it's about a black kid who gets a pair of Jordans. sneakers, right, Jordans, and then he gets them stolen, basically. And it's about him trying to get them back. But it looks, uh, it just looks great to me. Yeah, I I honestly had not heard of this movie. Yeah. Until you put it on the list. Mm-hmm. And then I just typed in Kick's trailer. I didn't even know that there was a trailer. Yeah. And what got me was as soon as I saw an image of like an astronaut in mm-hmm. him, I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you for taking a risk visually with your story and being like, I'm going, I'm going to try and show you guys something new uh, visually yeah. in this film. And so. After seeing that, and then the kid actor seems really good in just yeah. what I saw, um, I got like fully on board. I think this this has the, the, the potential to just be like a knockout film in a way that I'm not sure if you've heard about. Um, oh, man. What was that movie? It had... Uh, the kid from the Grand Budapest Hotel in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Dev Patel? Is that, is that the movie you're talking about? No. I'm just um, naming Indian people. <laughs> yeah. He's not even in those very, very <laughs> racist of you. Um, I'm very disappointed. Uh-huh. Um, I've, I, you know, I totally oversold this kid's importance in the Grand Budapest Hotel. I thought that his IMDb would give him higher ranking, <laughs> but he is way down the list. Uh-huh. I mean, Owen Wilson was in it for one scene and he's uh, in a higher place. Dope. That's why it is dope. Have you heard of Isn't that movie? dope already out? What am I thinking yeah. of? Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm trying to say like dope came out of Sundance. Yeah. Uh as like one of the biggest buzzed about movies, mm-hmm. which is about uh a character named Malcolm who's a geek surviving life in a tough neighborhood after a chance invitation to an underground party leads him and his friends into a Los Angeles adventure. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the like a riff on kicks a little bit. Mm-hmm. This dope obviously by its title involves dope. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this kid kind of gets drawn into this underbelly because his shoes get stolen and it's about coming of age in the same way Dope is. But Dope, for me, was just like all over the place and totally mixing genre and metaphor in a way that was not interesting or exciting to me. 
um, where kicks seems like a singular vision. Um, and I, I think they can be, hopefully it can be what dope was promised to be, but what I found it lacking. Yeah. Kicks looks interesting to me because it's, it's, it seems to be telling a story that hasn't been told before. And it's representing a community that's not represented very heavily in movies. Mm -hmm. And if they are, it's like the help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not, not only like the help, but it just looks, it looks like something different and that it, it looks great. I agree with all the things you said, but one of the reasons why it sticks out to me more than anything else is because it is different. It is yeah. a, it is a different demographic in the movie. It is a different focus to the storytelling. It's just different. Uh, Operation Av- Operation Avalanche. Well, and, and you, going back to Kicks really quick, you had, it probably hits home for you because you had a similar experience with uh, Birkenstocks in a, in a Dillard's, right? Yeah, uh-huh, sure. You went in for the last pair and another dad. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, Operation Avalanche which is a movie about uh, the people tasked with faking the moon landing. So obviously it's uh, fiction, right, Keith? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like like between the two of us, if one of us is ever going to dip a toe in a conspiracy (laughs) theory, it's you. It's not me. I'm I'm on firm ground. Yeah. we landed on that moon. Right. It's ours. Uh, maybe too firm. Mm. Maybe you could use some water in that soil. Yeah, expand <clears throat> my mind a bit. But Operation Avalanche, so it's about, uh, it's, a, if it's a fictional movie. It's about, uh, two, <clears throat> it's about two people tasked with working in conjunction, kind of, with Stanley Kubrick and making and faking the film landing, mm-hmm. but it's being done by uh, Matt Johnson, who directed the Dirties, which we did an episode on, but but and we which we both liked a lot. Yeah, so that's why I am interested to see this. Yeah, the trailer is not that impressive to yeah. me, but because of who's making it, I'll mm-hmm. see it. And I think another thing that gets me excited about indie films, especially when they're early on like this is a lot of times number one you hear horror stories of how hard it is to finance stuff mm-hmm. so on the indie scene you know that if they make a film like they were busting their butt to get right. the, to get the funding and number two a lot of times you have much longer time between projects so like the dirties was probably in a much longer production cycle because that is his first movie, you right. know? And then you have a much longer time of creating, developing, and then usually if the first film is a success, you should have like a better chance at making a better version of your ideas. Mm-hmm. But they're still uniquely your ideas. So that's why I'm really excited about this is it comes years after the dirties. Like this yeah. is not like, you know, he made the dirties, fell into some money and then made this. So he obviously has like a perspective that got him really excited and devoted to this story. And it's not like a studio 
like, hey, that Stanley Kubrick fake moon landing is hot right now. Right. Let's let's get a film out there about it. Yeah. So I'm I'm totally interested, but yeah, the the trailer did not give me a good sense on the tone that he's going for or really what what the film is gonna be and look like. A lot of kind of like of the era filmmaking stuff mm -hmm. that looked like shot on eight millimeter, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. and I, I just don't know how he's going to incorporate yeah, all that. I was curious if that's the, <clears throat> if that's going to be the entire movie. Yeah. Committing or, to it that much. Yeah. Or if that is just like, all right, here's the like historical quote unquote footage that you're seeing. Mm -hmm. This is what we're filming. basically. <clears throat> uh, we've also got another pair of movies. I paired these together because they seem to be kind of the same movie. So American honey and white girl are both about, they're more or less these uh, real gritty looks into what youth looks like in, in American society right. today. White Girl is about a girl who dates a drug dealer. The drug dealer gets busted in front of her. and then She's she, left with some cocaine. Right. She has to decide what to do with the drugs. Um, American Honey is about a road a, trip movie. Yeah. A girl runs away from her family. Shia LaBeouf has with a, Shia LaBeouf. Now I, American honey looks really interesting to eyebrow me. piercing. Yeah. So yeah, that was like, uh, 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 it was a while ago when it came out, like look at Shia LaBeouf and like he had a rat tail and he had an <laughs> eyebrow piercing. It's like, Oh, it's because he's doing this movie, I guess. Um, but American honey is interesting. Looks interesting to me. They're both supposed to be, uh, uh, like I said, there's both supposed to be like entries into this like youthful revolution genre kind of, mm -hmm. and I'm interested. I I probably won't see a a white girl just because of, from the trailer it didn't appeal to me. Apparently, as, it's a harrowing look, right? It's uh, fearless and brave, right? But American Honey is, is interesting to me because it's mainly because of like the 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 degree of respectability it's being given as an insight into youth culture. <laughs> and like, I'm at the stage in my life where I feel like I'm really losing touch with, with like youth culture. With yeah. youth culture. Like it's been a, a few years where I haven't felt like I, I obviously haven't felt like I'm a part of it, but I still felt like I understand what's going on. Right. But I'm now starting to feel like, Okay, I see what's going on, <laughs> but it really does not make any sense yeah. to me. I feel like I'm on that edge. Right. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see the movie because of that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm interested too, but I I'm in the place right now where I watch I watch Spring Breakers and I'm like equally convinced that that is a portrayal of our youth today right. uh -huh. as you know um, like a teen's vlog, right? Like I, I'm like either they're doing this YouTube fun vlog stuff, or they're ready to just murder everybody <laughs> in the in the United States, right? Um, and both seem likely as likely possibilities as anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I think probably the biggest release on this independent side is the birth of a nation uh it's got a lot of controversy surrounding it i'll say this outside of the controversy with the 
his name Sean Parker? What's his name? His um Nate. Sean Parker's the Napster guy, right? Yeah. Nate Parker? Yeah, cuz it's Nat it's about Nat Turner. It's Nate Parker. Uh outside of the of the trailer again. Historical not in my lifetime. <laughs> true story. <laughs> Equals right? Out. Not interested, right? As insensitive as that may be, just not interested. But on top of that, the editing of the trailer made it seem like a very straightforward, uh, just like period piece. And we talked a little bit about what makes a movie independent and what makes a movie uh, mainstream. mainstream. And this movie was an independent movie that got sold for a lot of money. And that's why we're talking about it with the other independent movies. But the at least the feeling I got from the trailer was very mainstream tendencies. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a movie that was made for Oscar nominations. And that's is also part of the reason why I'm just not interested. Right. You know, setting aside all of the terrible, uh, allegedly terrible Nate Parker stuff. Yeah. I, for me, I can't separate the film right now from the controversy. And you showed me a great article on Vulture. Yeah. Basically just a round table. Yeah. People talking about it. And I, I ended up not being able to argue with their points. And so right now I'm, I'm having a very hard time uh, thinking about supporting that movie. The only thing that convinces me is like, Supporting the people that worked on that film. Yeah. Versus Nate Parker. Right. Uh, Voyage of Time, which oh, is a. But, but I didn't want to say he did say that he wanted to make a brave heart for the black community. Yeah. That's kind of was his function. I think that that I'm actually excited about that. And a lot of sure. people were down on it because I think that's what they said it was. Like, oh, it's like a mainstream, you know, brave heart action. There's a lot of violence. There's, you know. Yeah. But that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He did it. So mission I'm, accomplished. Mission accomplished. I'm I'm interested as far as a film is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. A Voyage of Time, Terrence Malick documentary. This is an IMAX only movie. First, it's coming in IMAX in a 40 minute version. They should call it the Justin Blizzard cut. <laughs> and then it's coming to theaters in an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Cut. Brad Pitt gets to narrate the 40 minute. Kate Blanchett gets to narrate the hour and a half. Hmm. Um, I like Terrence Malick. I like a lot of his movies. I was not interested in this until I watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And this is a part of where me being stubborn bites me in the ass. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but like it's a Terrence Malick documentary and from what I've seen in the trailer it looks incredible, mm-hmm. right? Like like you like like speaking of presenting things in 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 a way that you've never seen them before, like this is a nature documentary or a cosmic documentary right. that's being presented in a way that you've never seen before. Right. And I've seen a lot of like Nature, nature documentaries, cosmic yeah. documentaries. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested in this. Yeah, I think um, 
For me, I like the idea. I remember I saw an article, I think it was, um, and they had, I'm going to make this up because I don't remember who all was there. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, it was like Werner Herzog, Cormac McCarthy, and like a physicist. Mm-hmm. And they just like got in a room and they were just talking. And I was like, that's the conversation I want to be in for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see what they would talk about, which is one reason why I'm interested in Werner Herzog's output now as he's making documentaries as he gets older. Like, he has, lo and behold, Reveries of a Connected World coming mm-hmm. out soon. He has another documentary coming out this year that's all about volcanoes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, this is basically a really smart guy who's like, I'm interested in volcanoes. So I'm going to go talk to the smartest people about volcanoes and where I'm going to get to like riff and muse on it. And what does it mean? And then all these people are going to give me like the straight science or whatever, which is why I'm interested in lo and behold as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But voyage of time seems to me like it's a representation of that conversation. This is what happens when Terrence Malick talks to like physicists tries to put together a workable cosmology of our universe Mm -hmm. and then films his ideas and interpretations. Right. And that's kind of what you hear from the different scientists that were interviewed and were kind of integral and talking to Terrence Malick about theories of the universe and all this other stuff is that some of them have seen either this film or versions of the film. And they're like, it looks nothing like how I would do it. You know, and it's like, yeah, because this is like, this is the conversation that Terrence Malick has had. He's internalized it and now he's put this out. Yeah. So I feel like with documentaries like this, it's our, you know, opportunity to like sit in a room with these guys as they talk and try and like tap into the ideas that they are, that they're working on. Cause I just walk in there and be like, isn't Space crazy? Like I can't even think about it, guys. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? So yeah. I'm I'm interested in, in it from that perspective. But then also, yeah, like no one can film an iguana like mm-hmm. Terrence Malick. Yeah. Uh certain women. Kelly Reichardt. Kelly Reichardt. So she did Wendy and Lucy. Meek's cut off. Meek's cut off, which I didn't care for. You fell asleep. Right. I fell asleep. I loved it. In the middle of the afternoon in a theater by myself. <laughs> that movie was so boring. I she, liked Wendy and Lucy, though. She did night moves? I, I haven't. Jesse Eisenberg? Nope. I'm not a fan of Jesse Eisenberg either. Yeah. So. I, I like night moves. I actually really like Meek's Cut Off. Um, I, I really like Wendy and Lucy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she did something else. Wendy and Lucy has that scene where she falls asleep on the forest and there's a guy mm-hmm. who's just there. And she doesn't know if he's like sinister or not mm-hmm. that that stuck with me. Like <laughs> ever since I saw it, that was like yeah. one of the most terrifying situations yeah. I could imagine. Um, yeah. You know, this is one of those films that I love the director. I don't know the movies like for me. Yeah. It's just following three generations of, this family of women in this family or whatever. Right. I'm just not interested in like, like you for you, it's like not in my lifetime based on a true story. For me, it's like 
here's a story of the Johnson clan or whatever. You know what I mean? Like here's a family history going back three generations of the, I just, I just don't John Steinbeck, I guess satisfied that itch for me. Mm -hmm. And like after like East of Eden and grapes of wrath, I just, I don't have as much of a history or interest in like a family history. Yeah. And so I don't know, not as interested. And the buzz on this was just kind of like, it, it's fine coming oh, really? out of the, yeah, out of uh, Sundance and stuff. So mm. it kind of hurt my interest, but I'll I'll probably see it eventually. Uh, Desierto, mm-hmm. the movie from Alfonso Cuarón's son. Yeah, something I read said they were brothers, oh. but that's not right. So this is from his son. Uh, but I think Alfonso Cuarón does have something to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he's like kind of shepherded it. Like that's why, since Gravity, mm-hmm. I think why I heard is like even when he was doing Gravity, he was like helping develop this, mm-hmm. and then like during the filming, he was very. I mean, I think he gets like executive producer credit. I think he was mm-hmm. very influential, and in, I think co-writing credit or something. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that he he really had a big hand in, in shaping. Yeah. But this so this is the movie that's about Gail Garcia Bernal is an illegal immigrant trying to cross the border and I don't it's not border patrol, right? It's just some random I think it's a militia. Okay. Yeah, it's just like an armed militia hunting them down. On the American And side, I'm yeah. interested because uh I mean, the the moral of the story seems pretty obvious right. and unambiguous right. right in the trailer. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm interested because it kind of looks to me like one of those cheap thrillers mm-hmm. done really well. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm definitely interested. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, I think. Fun to watch. What I love about Alfonso Cuaron is he has managed, I think Children of Men does it perfectly, where you have this balance of kind of social, you know, um, I hate the social justice mm-hmm. war, but, you know, kind of social commentary mm-hmm. balanced out with, like, just a thrilling story. I mean, yeah. that movie is just kind of, like, heart-stopping and amazingly filmed. And so I think if there's anybody who can take, like, a genre, you know, style film and subvert it with meaning it's mm-hmm. it's this yeah without having it be like at the end listen to this speech of where right. i lay out yeah uh moonlight which i think might be for me i i'm i think moonlight might be like my most anticipated uh, because again, just like Kicks, it's a different story from a different demographic. It just looks like something I've never seen before. Yeah. And so, uh, Moonlight is kind of a movie. After watching the trailer and reading about it, that I'm 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 expecting to like learn something about the world from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I'm honestly expecting to like not have my perspective changed. But to have like my perspective broadened or, mm-hmm. or widened, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I and it, it looks like it's just done really right. well, right? And I guess I was just 
I just went on and on about certain women being like, not interested in the family's story of like three generations. Right. You just don't like women. That's all. You're just not interested yeah. in women. And then Moonlight is basically <laughs> like, here's this, you know, life in three stages of boy, adolescence, and manhood. But I think. But it's also like, I mean, for me at least, it's from a completely different unique background yeah. right again it's it's something that has not been portrayed in movies right more, more or less right and it just looks visually engaging and interesting yeah. even from the poster which i think is great um and certain women in kelly reichardt has like her take is much more um kind of realistic you mm-hmm. know it's much more in the vein of like uh um boyhood and link later you know where it's like let me just tell the story let me just put the camera here mm-hmm. um and I, I don't know i don't see in certain women like watch a trailer I, I don't see enough cinematically to get me intrigued but with moonlight i i definitely do yeah uh in a valley of violence is the Thai west uh Western revenge. Thriller. It's getting terrible reviews. It so far. looks terrible. It looks like I honestly halfway through watching it, I, I thought like, is this like, it felt like a joke. It felt like a joke trailer trying to joke <laughs> other Western revenge thrillers. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I think this is just a real movie. Yeah. I think he's trying yeah. very hard. It looks really bad. Yeah, it, and I'm I'm tired of Ty West and of um, Eli Roth, yeah, and they, and they kind of got mixed up together and made that horrible Jonestown massacre esque found footage film mm-hmm. that still to this day has a shot that infuriates me <laughs> because it makes no sense in a found footage film where you see a character shoot a basketball. And then it cuts to a shot of the ball going through the hoop. So like in a found footage, somebody got two angles right. on this shot right. and then edited it together and was like, no, we need that closer show of that ball going through that hoop. Yeah. That still infuriates the crap out of me. Uh, the Handmaiden, which is Park Chan-wook's Chan next movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it's about, but I do... Uh, like Park Chan-wook's sensibilities, at least. Mm-hmm. Maybe not all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Did you see Stoker? I think I... Th- is that the one about the mother? Or is that Nicole mother? Nicole Kidman and... Uh, oh, no, I didn't see that. I, I would... Like, that's one that I think is like a universal... Rec- like, I don't know, man. You, you potentially could think that's slow or boring. Yeah. But... The way that he films it and the way that he stages things. Mm-hmm. I've never been more excited about watching a character walk out of frame and then walk behind a window before my life. But in Stoker, it, seeing a character just walk out of frame and then walk behind a window a few seconds later made me want to stand up and like cheer. Yeah. It's so well made. Park Chan Wook did Memories of Murder. No, who did Memories of Murder? That's uh, the guy who did um, uh, the host, right. mother, 
Right, that's who I'm thinking Bong of. Bong Joon. Yes, oh, that's who yeah. I'm thinking of. Memories of Murder is like a Pantheon movie for me. Like that yeah. movie is awesome. I remember when I first saw that and I was like, did I show it to you? Cause I think, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I was like, oh, I was so excited about that movie. Yeah. Park Chan-wook directed Old Boy. Old Boy. Um, maybe I'm not as hot on, on this movie then. The Vengeance Trilogy. Old, Old Boy is great. Old Boy. Old Boy is great. great. We watched Thirst, which I couldn't stand. Yeah. I literally could not stand Thirst. And then Stoker, which won me back on board. I love Stoker. Yeah. I've seen it a few times since. Holds up. Yeah. Manchester by the Sea is a movie starring Casey Affleck. The trailer made me want to The trailer cry. is great. I want to see the movie. It definitely falls closer to the light between the oceans melodramatic territory for me but from everything i've read the director is amazing and has yeah, made, only is. made amazing movies this is the only problem i have with manchester by the sea and it's something that has that came up earlier with uh the birth of a nation and light between oceans which we didn't talk about michael fassbender Apparently is a not nice to women. Yeah, yeah. Casey Affleck apparently is a giant asshole and has a terrible reputation. Just with people in general? Yeah, that's what I was just reading the other week. Like, he's just like a total jerk off from what I've been reading. And like, there are also allegations against him from women he's worked with of like, this guy's a creep, like a total perv, basically. Uh, so I couldn't not think about that watching the trailer, having just read that about him mm-hmm. and Michael Fassbender. I think it was probably in service of reading about um, the uh, Nate Parker from The Birth of a Nation. I was mm. probably reading some other stuff. <laughs> you just Google, who else is terrible <laughs> in Hollywood? Enter. <laughs> Everybody. Okay. Um, but it definitely looks interesting, Manchester by the Sea. So Casey yeah. Affleck is a, his brother dies? Yeah, I... They they kind of keep it ambiguous, which I like, and it kind of it kind of speaks to the director's style, mm-hmm. where he can take just like his last movie, Margaret, that people mm-hmm. were freaking out about. It's like a three hour drama of just this right. girl who is involved in this horrible accident, um, and kind of all the things that that touches. He just has this like loose style of writing and constructing his movies mm-hmm. where you, you're like, this isn't going to work or whatever. And it just does. It just all kind of like fits in a way that you don't anticipate. And the trailer to me speaks to that too, where it's this balance of like, I'm getting a sense of this movie while also just getting like the weird snapshots of it, you know, with a thing that like, so he brings on a younger kid who... He's going to become a guardian of, but he kind of wants to pass off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, was that his nephew and his brother died? Mm-hmm. I don't really get a sense of. Um, and then there's even a younger kid that's involved somehow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know, but I'm totally on board. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. It basically looked to me like a legitimate version of like a lifetime movie. Yeah. Except for guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and by the end of the trailer, I was like, that looks really emotional, 
but really, right. really good. What if Lifetime gets another channel? And it's just like Lifetime Bro. <laughs> and they just play show, you know, movies like this. Uh, Nocturnal Animals. I'm not sure. There's nothing out about this movie. I just read it. Maybe the premise had me intrigued. The director is somebody that you're familiar with. Yeah. But there's no trailer or anything for it yet. No. Um, but I think what what interested me is number one, the uh uh the, the director, uh Tom Ford. That's he, right. Yeah. He did um a single man. Yeah. Which is you know, good, but it is like slow on on purpose. But I mean it's just a languid basically this character. You know, his lover dies. He wants to commit suicide. But it looks gorgeous. It's, it really is a, a film of, like, mood and atmosphere. And so Nocturnal Animals comes out, and an art gallery owner is haunted by her ex-husband's novel, a violent thriller she interprets as a veiled threat and a symbolic revenge tale. And so, to me, it sounds like, you know, this premise has some kind of like pulpy mm-hmm. you know meat to it and um with this guy's visual style i think this could be a really interesting film i hope that it really comes together but uh it's it, it really is something that i look forward to watching it's like when terrence malick made the thin red line mm-hmm. like terrence malick made a war movie yeah. Like, yeah, I want to see those like war scenes, please. Right. And they and they lived up to it. Like I you you don't really see the, the the action the way that he sets it up and executes it. Right. Um so I'm interested in what Tom Ford does with like a pulpy psychological thriller. psychological thriller, yeah. yeah. The Greasy Strangler. Now this is some a movie I had not heard of until mm-hmm. you put on the list. And I'm now wishing you had never put on the list. Exactly. I watched the Red Band trailer. I oh, guess, I didn't even watch that on YouTube. And it looks insane and ridiculous and just stupid. Yeah, it looks like Swiss Army Man. That's what I was gonna say. But yeah. for like the John Waters right. crowd. Yeah. And there are two two kind of like um cinematic representations or like philosophies of the world that Mm -hmm. truly unnerve me and terrify me. One is like an industrial, um, like dystopia. Like I remember watching the old sign film metropolis Mm -hmm. and being truly unnerved by this, like people are cattle, you know, they're all serving this, you know, kind of source that's above them or Mm -hmm. anything that like even the city of lost children has elements of this where it's like the machine world and the human world have like melded together to create Mm -hmm. this like weird dystopia. David Lynch kind of works in this vein too. I don't like that. I don't know if it's because it like taps into like my nightmare version of the world. Mm -hmm. Like that is like what I dream about when I'm, having a nightmare um, or if it represents like a real future that I could see happening that mm-hmm. freaks me out. But then the other side of it, it, there's that version. 
is this kind of like twisted like I don't get John Waters. Yeah. Like I remember I gave him a shot growing up because people are like, Oh, you guys see it's like mm-hmm. I watch I'm like, this is just like this isn't like anarchic fun, like uh, what a lot of people who have that sense about sensibility see it as. Mm-hmm. This is like truly scarring images that's like <laughs> told in the color pink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I get it and I don't want it. I don't want it. Like I don't want anything about that imagery, those ideas, mm-hmm. this kind of just like sick, perverted subversion of the world. And this to me makes me feel like, remember on the ABCs of death, there's that claymation one. Mm-hmm. It's basically just this disgusting world, this body that was like, turning inside out or whatever. This to me seems like a claymation nightmare world like that, like brought to real life, Mm -hmm. you know? I just don't, like, I don't like it. I don't like knowing that it's out there in the world. (laughs) I don't like the trailer being Uh accessible. I don't like the idea Uh that my son potentially could stumble upon this. At any point in his life, I, I shudder to see, think of him as a, 80 year old man stumbling upon this like well i've never heard of this movie before like it just i just don't like it's kind of like a trauma movie right yeah like those they're just like super gross out practical effects stuff yeah but it's like trauma at least had this veneer of like we're 80s we can't make a a head look any better Mm -hmm. than this and let's explode it whereas now it's like Oh no, even with our limited budget, we can show whatever we want in however graphic detail we want. Yeah. And apparently they really want to show a lot of weird things in very graphic <laughs> detail. I'm just not not into it. Yeah. Under the Shadow, which is an Iranian horror movie. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the trailer? I watched the trailer. Here's the problem I have with it. Uh-oh. It's Iranian. So it's mm-hmm. subtitled, mm-hmm. which means I'm going to be reading the subtitles the entire movie and not watching what's on the screen. Because whenever there are subtitles, you have to read the subtitles. And so I feel like I'm not going to be able to get scared because I'll just be looking at subtitles the whole you time. You made it through A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. But that movie's not scary. No, but... I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying, oh, this is a scary movie. I want to be scared. I at least want to feel some no, of the tension. I, I, no, I think I felt tension. You didn't feel any tension in A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? I, I don't remember. Is it a scene it, that she confronts the little boy? I don't remember. Um, <clears throat> I remember being bored by that movie. Oh, dude, that movie's so good. Anyway, um, with, with this movie, I, I'm trying to readjust my expectations. Because I am getting a very Babadook vibe off of this. Right. And the Babadook is not scary. The Babadook is just a great psychological yeah. like picture. The Babadook for me is a lot better talking about it afterwards than it is watching the movie. I like the movie, but it didn't have any effect on me until I was able to talk about it after. Process it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's where I'm going. I'm not going into this film thinking I'm going to be terrified. I'm going in wanting a psychological study of this mother or this family or, you know, this dynamic. Well, I mean, look, it's called Under the Shadow. In the trailer, you see that a bomb lands in their house. It does not detonate, obviously. 
So it's clearly going to be about like the constant threat of war around you, right? Like that to me is what the Babadook is of this movie. Right. Right. If the Babadook was depression, then this, this ma- movie this is going to bomb. be about that, right? The bomb or whatever, or wherever the entity, it just is representing constant fear of war mm-hmm. and being blown up, basically. Like mm-hmm. it's a political movie, more or less. Can we talk about the best film to revolve around an unexploded bomb really quick? Sure. The Devil's Backbone? I don't remember. I know it's been a long time since I've seen. Didn't you get that for me on Blu-ray for Christmas? Mm -hmm. I was just reorganizing my movies and and took that one out again and looked it over. I haven't seen it since college when it came out. It's so good. Uh, The Monster, which is another horror movie. I don't know anything about this one. Yeah, I didn't uh, know anything about it either. I think it's just called Monster. Um, oh, it's directed by the guy that did The Strangers. And, oh, yeah, and it's A24. Right. But here's the thing. The Strangers came out eight years ago. If it takes you eight years to, like, make your next movie, and that's not because of artistic reasons, I feel like you're, like, you're in for some trouble well it kind of goes back to what we were saying before is there any um is there any argument to be made that the time is a benefit for this guy that i mean either you could say hey you haven't made anything since apparently a killer clown movie called mockingbird (laughs) in 2014 that went direct to dvd right right but you know functionally you haven't made anything since the strangers. Right. And then this is the first film they make that gets picked up by a very legitimate distribution house. Mm-hmm. May 24. Now, having said that, they've even had some bombs this year, like Mojave that came and went that they mm-hmm. were like quickly like BOD for a week and forget <laughs> we ever made that movie. Um, but, uh, you know, couldn't you say that, that, the time in between and the fact that A24 is involved is actually a a benefit. No. Okay. Because I don't think that eight years was spent working on the monster. Also that eight years was spent trying to, I mean, the difference is, yeah, it's been eight years and I've been working on this one movie for eight years or it's been eight years and six months ago or Nine months ago, someone offered me this job to direct a movie called The Monster, so I took it. Um, can, can I say to I will go to the mat and say The Strangers, which people love, is a objectively bad horror movie. <laughs> I'm tired of everybody being like, "Oh, The Strangers is the best horror film in the last." Also, can I read the uh, IMDb plot synopsis for The Monster really quick? Sure. The Monster. Concerns a mother and daughter who are terrorized by a monster. <laughs> then if you go down to the crew, there's a guy named Chris Webb who looks like a Abercrombie and Fitch model. Oh. Yeah. He looks like a model and he plays monster. I'm like, so is this basically like a killer? <laughs> terrorizing place in a mall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So who knows what that's going to be. The strangers to me, I saw it. I don't remember feeling one way or the other about it. The only thing, the only thing I remember about the strangers is I was so scared because it was what I feel, what I feel now is like the beginning of this, just like completely random violence against regular people. Right. Like, wasn't the whole premise of the strangers just that these people just randomly showed up at a house and yeah. started killing people or whatever yeah. for just no reason whatsoever. Right. And now that's like, seems like that's what a lot of it is. Right. Like that's more or less what, isn't that more or less what the purge was? It's kind of like, well, here's one day out of the year where you can kill whoever you kill want. Whoever. It yeah. just is like random violence. Right. There's no motive no or just a justification behind any of it. Yeah. Same thing with um, isn't that what uh no no I'm I'm not I'm misremembering what was that uh your uh, not your next, yeah your next about uh was no there? but but it turns out that there were some right. people involved okay, in... uh so this movie I purposefully left off the list, but you put on because you're a Christopher Guest fan so he has another mockumentary coming out called mascots, mascots. which. I, I'm not a fan of Christopher Guest. I have not liked any of his movies. Wait, outside any? of outside of Spinal Tap, oh, I do not like Christopher Guest. Best in Show, no. Waiting for Guffman, I never saw Waiting for Guffman. But I'm not like. It's just not my thing. Best in Show, I'll, I'll give you Best in Show. I don't need five more Best in Shows. You know what I mean? Like that's all it is. And Best in Show is just a derivative of Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. diminishing returns. You know what I mean? Do something different. Gene Wilder died today. Yeah. So I don't have the energy to combat you on Christopher <laughs> Guest. Okay. Uh, the Age of Shadows. Yeah. So uh, towards the end of this list, I threw on... You know, this is one of them, like two others. These are movies that are coming to festivals, mm-hmm. but these are like the ones that have the best chance of coming out this year. And The Age of Shadows is, uh, is a foreign, it's a South Korean film. And number one, if we are talking um, like foreign cinema, mm-hmm. I might put South Korean cinema as like my favorite. Yeah. Collectively. Yeah. Um, and so this is a new movie from uh, director Ji Woon Kim. And he's done, he did a movie called I Saw the Devil. Did uh, you see that? I've heard of it. Um, he did a movie called Tale of Two Sisters, which people are like, terrifying, amazing. Not that good. But he did The Good, The Bad, The Weird. And The Good, The Bad, The Weird is like one of my favorite, like just fun mm-hmm. films to watch. And then he did the the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger right. English language film, which is not good. Which is terrible. But has like some shots that that show his style. Mm-hmm. And now he's back, South Korea, making films in his own language and stuff. And this looks amazing. It has like one of my favorite South Korean actors 
who's in um, Memories of Murder, who's in The Host, who's in Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one just looks stylish and fun. Looks like a, it looks like a good version of Allied. Okay. But South Korean. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a movie I wanted to talk about that wasn't on your list, but you you sh- you gave me, you put this link at the bottom to the film stage article, mm-hmm. and the director of Time Crimes has a movie Nacho coming out, Vigalando. Yes, called Colossal. That sounds it sounds intriguing. I really liked Time Crimes a lot. Um, I thought his he didn't he do an entry into the ABCs of Death. Two, mm-hmm. I thought his entry into that was okay. I remember not liking, it, although I can't remember it. Yeah, uh, but I he did really a movie called Extraterrestrial, which is stupid. Okay, but I really like Time Crimes, uh, so I thought Colossal might be interesting. The problem I have with it is it's starring Anne Hathaway, who I don't like, and Jason Sudeikis, who I I think. I can't not like Jason Sudeikis right. on principle alone because he's the most vanilla actor you could ever get. Like he's so boring. Yeah. He's not funny. Yeah. He, he's like, he's, he's just as like, like why is he even there? Like, well, yeah. He's like a non entity. He's yeah. he somehow is like, he's like, I don't know. He has good enough looks to be innocuous. He's funny enough to be not, not noticeably funny. Like right, he he almost has like every enough of every little bit of spice to just cancel everything out. And so yeah, he is like, talk about a guy who's out there like hustling in the film world. Right. I mean, he's made and he's like, in everything. He's tried to go high. He's tried to go low. <laughs> he's just out there like cranking it. Yeah, he's going like dirty. He's going family. And he just can't catch a break. He and Ed Helms are just like, I imagine them in the same boat, but they're both rowing ferociously, trying to get their own side going. They just are working against each other, where they are just on the same career path. But um, Nacho Vigalando, he, and everything since Time Crimes, and Time Crimes, I thought it was fine. I wasn't blown away by it. But everything after that he's done conceptually and, you know, just, Film-wise, has been stupid. Like, mm-hmm. objectively stupid. <laughs> he did a, um, like, a real-time internet thing. I think he was the one who did it with uh, Elijah Wood. Okay. <laughs> and Sasha Gray, I think. Like, uh-huh. it's bad. Like, it is bad, man. It is just objectively terrible. Okay. And uh, I couldn't. That's why I left it off. Yeah. I saw it, and I was like, Really quick, can you read what's the synopsis of Colossal? Uh, yeah. The synopsis is basically a woman finds out that she has some sort of psychic connection to some sort of entity over South Korea. Uh, let me see here. Is an upcoming Spanish-Canadian science fiction action thriller film directed and written by Nacho Vigalondo. The film stars Anne Hathaway, Dan Stevens, Jason Sudeikis, Austin Stowell, and Tim Plot. After losing her job and boyfriend in New York, Gloria moves back to her hometown 
only to discover how strangely how strangely connected she is to an enormous creature. I just pulled up Nacho Vigalando on IMDb, and his profile picture is like yeah, cropped out his hair. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's, it's like a ter- Tim and Eric zoom in of yeah. his face. Yeah. <laughs> You're, it's perfect, Tim and Eric. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So I remember not being interested in VHS. Open Windows is the one that I was thinking about, and it is god-awful. Yeah. I mean, god, god-awful. And he wrote and directed that, so good luck, of A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. She has another movie called, coming out called The Bad Batch, starring Jason Momoa, right? Well, yeah, read that. Can you see some of the, read some of the other list Who again, of actors? I have never seen <clears throat> Jason Momoa in anything. Don't like the guy. The Bad Batch romance a dystopian love story in a Texas wasteland and set in a community of cannibals. Jason Momoa, Keanu Reeves, Jim Carrey, uh, Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi, Diego Luna. So yeah, I'm on board. Okay, good. I'm totally on board. Although, yeah, I'm on board, but that seems a little, it seems like a little a little try hard to me. Right? We'll have to wait and see. Brimstone. I don't know what this is. I looked it up. <laughs> or no, I, I, it's on the film stage list, so yeah. I read about it there, but I don't remember. Yeah, the knock against it is that Kit Harrington's in it. He's not very good. Mm-hmm. But Dakota Fanning's in it, and um, Guy Pierce, who I, I love Guy Pierce. Mm-hmm. From the moment the new reverend climbs the pulpit, Liz knows she and her family are in great danger. Oh, that's right. It said something about a woman being haunted by a pastor. Right. That had me intrigued. Yeah. And I, I kind of put down there, I was like, religious thriller is like my ideal genre. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty much exactly that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it has a great cast. And yeah. um, I think it could be. It could be good. I mean, I, <clears throat> I do like the idea of like, what if the conversion scene in There Will Be Blood was in just a straight up horror movie? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, religion in the turn of the century and earlier. And if we want to go back to, you know, this, the founding of this country and before that, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. there's some very terrifying aspects of the way they it it was operated yeah so i'm i'm on board i haven't seen anything but it sounds like it could be good yeah uh free fire you watch ben the wheatley. trailer uh, who's yeah. ben wheatley i don't even know who that is ben wheatley did uh we watched um his horror film 
kill list. Hmm. About the hitmen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That I was just your reaction. Didn't really care for it. Yeah. Uh, it's too much. It was, I remember it being way super violent. Right. Yeah. What well, is just too much for you me? You see a man's head get. Yeah, caved that's in. not my. I, I I can't deal with that anymore. So he did that. He did a movie called Sightseers. That's like a funny. This couple goes on a killing spree. Mm. It's like a comedy. Sounds hilarious. He did a movie called A Field in England mm-hmm. about seventeenth century. <laughs> it's literally called A Field in England. <laughs> yeah, it's called A Field in England. These uh, conquistador. No, they're because they're British. But they're uh, 17th century, I think, mm-hmm. and they find these mushrooms in this field in England, and mm-hmm. they're they're running away from whatever war was going on that time. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but they eat these mushrooms, and they all like go on this like trip mm-hmm. together, and just all this weird stuff starts happening. I thought it'd be terrible. Was interested. Started watching it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, it's hilarious, and it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he made High Rise. I did not care for High Rise. <laughs> High Rise is basically a satire. It's like Trump Tower. It's like this is Trump's, you know, kind of version of the world, and it's corrupt and it's doggy dog, mm. and it just it just didn't work. It was too kind of like cut up and not linear enough mm-hmm. for me. Didn't connect. Um, but then Free Fire, he kind of works like. Um, Denis Villeneuve in this way where it's like offbeat, you know, personal project and mm-hmm. not mainstream, but more kind of like, here's a genre of yeah. film or something. So this is, I think it, he's going to try and do like a one location thing where these two sides of whatever, I don't know if it's gang related, but getting a shootout in this warehouse mm-hmm. and chaos ensues. So it's almost like, seems like it's, um, What's the guy who did Smoking Aces? Carnahan? Carnahan. I just watched that again. Oh, dude. Smoking Aces? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember that has a good elevator scene. HBO Now. That, it's bad. That whole movie is... Right. It's, I mean, it's fun, but it is really bad. So Free Fire seems like Ben Wheatley's riff on like, mm-hmm. here's a bunch of bad people in a shootout in the trailer. You know, you, you have these characters like they're hunkered down and you see a shot go by them they're like is that from you hank and hank's like i forgot what side i'm on like you know and so it's like how much oh, ever boy. yeah how much how much mileage can you get out of you know there's a dumb character up there right. with a sniper rifle who's unsure of right. what team he's on that's that's the kind of thing that ben wheatley's going for yeah all right last thing on this list another adaptation of a book I have read and since forgotten, forgotten. but remember absolutely loving uh, the lost city of Z. Yeah. Now wasn't Brad Pitt involved with this in some way at some point? I think now it's just his production company. I think plan okay. B. And from what I read that this was actually bought by some big studio, but then dropped. Or something like that? No, yeah, I can't I can't remember. I know, yeah, there is some story behind it, but uh There's there's some sort of like trouble in the water situation for the Lost City of Z. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's based on a book about so it's based on a true so it is a historical 
period. What were my yeah. What were my criteria? It's historical, it's not strike. in my lifetime, based on a true story. Yeah, strike one, two, three. But I love the book. Yeah, the book's great. Uh, I watched the trailer. Is there a trailer for it? I yeah. watched or read something. Did not look that interested. I would have to go. It's by to, James Gray, right? Yes. Yeah. I'd have to go to Wikipedia and read the plot synopsis of the book to have a little bit of a refresher. Yeah. But I do remember reading it like it, it was for me. It was one of those books where it was like, OK, I'm going to read this. It looks interesting. And then like three days later, you're done. Yeah. I think I heard that James Gray's approach is to try and make it like a like a period adventure piece, mm-hmm. you know, so it, I think it seems like the action seems to be a bit heightened, you know, yeah, it's not terribly realistic. Mm-hmm. And kind of stylistic. But I think it could be good. Um, I love his style, but yeah, we'll see. It's opening a lot of uh film festivals in the fall. Yeah. The and the problem, I think the not the problem, but the with these independent movies, like I was looking at this film stage list before you came over. And the problem is because they're independent, they don't have as much or any advertising push right. behind them as these mainstream movies do. So it's like for a lot of these, we don't have trailers like a lot of the ones I was reading through on film stage. They sound interesting. Right. A- at a certain point within that list, it just was like, like it was like uh like Greek. Like I didn't understand anything. These <laughs> people it was like from this director who did this and this and this. And I hadn't heard any of those things. Right. But some of the stuff it did sound their write-up sounded really interesting, but it's like at the same time, like the only thing that exists in the public about this movie at this time is your one paragraph write-up on film stage. Yeah. I want to, I want to venture a quick, completely uninformed theory. And that is as mainstream budgets get bigger and mainstream movies get less risky and fall back on tropes, you know, more and more, which is what you saw this summer. Everyone pretty much agrees that this summer was a complete disappointment from a mainstream film level. Yeah. But what you have is the independent scene picking things up a little more, whether it's Swiss Army Man or Hell or High Water, which is out now, which, by the way, we need to, we need to see. Um, I, I'm, my completely uninformed guess is that on the independent scene, they're starting to find more money for more ambitious fare that feels mainstream. Mm-hmm. So if you look at this mainstream list, there's a lot of like, here's an alien movie. Here's a, uh, a, an action comedy, you know, free fire, you know, here are sometimes you even have like the superhero movies coming out mm-hmm. in this kind of area. And I think that the indie movie budgets are, and maybe it's just the ability to make those movies and the graphics you need is getting cheaper. Mm-hmm. So people are like making more kind of like mainstream fare. Lost City of Z is maybe a good example too, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so it's like the mainstream is getting bloated and getting safe. And the indie film is reflecting more of like the mainstream thriller genres and horror and stuff. It's just getting cheaper and easier to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that's why 
there's so many on the indie side that I'm like, this doesn't just sound like art fair. It's not like this is art house movie. This is like, it sounds legitimately exciting, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, so most anticipated from at least the ones that we talked about, obviously, like I said, there's going to be a, a lot that, that it's like, Hey, this sounds really interesting and it's going to be on VOD in a month or a yeah, week. What, what I find interesting is just to think about, you know, the movies that right now I'm like, Oh man, that, that looks really good. Like, you know, I don't even think the monster looks really good, but you know, we can use that as an example. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes out, it's literally on VOD. And I can't bring myself to like hit play or <laughs> enter. I'm just like, oh, uh -huh. that movie looks terrible. Um, why don't you go first? So I'm going to say at the top of my list, and this is going to be out of both sides. I'm, I'm most excited or most interested to see Kicks and Moonlight. Uh, but after that, I would say I'm actually I'm probably most intrigued and maybe have the highest hopes for Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. Just because the premise sounds interesting and uh it's starring Jake Gyllenhaal who I like a lot. Yeah, me too. And the you know Tom Ford is obviously highly respected. But I'm also think think like so I'm excited for like Manchester by the Sea. I think mm -hmm. that looks good and probably Desierto? Uh, Voyage of Time. Desierto, uh, you know, I, I'll watch it whenever it's easy to watch. Okay. The other movies, I, I will make an effort to go see. Okay. Yeah, I think if I, if I had to boil it down, um, if, if I went with my heart, I would say Voyage of Time. Uh -huh. both versions i am i am excited like you're gonna see both versions oh yeah even though the well i guess the the whole thing is that it's in imac yeah yeah no that's by the way um it's gonna be playing while chris is here mm -hmm. and i'm dragging him kicking and screaming <laughs> to to the imax to see mm -hmm. it um but yeah i'd probably say uh a voyage of time um followed by kicks um are, are probably my my two most uh, anticipated indie films. I'd I'd probably have to put um, Arrival right after that, even though I've convinced myself sight unseen what that's mm -hmm. about. Um, but uh, but if anybody has the potential to just make this thing about giant spiders <laughs> and completely blow. <laughs> Right. My mind, it's it's him. Yeah. So I wanted to get a quick, like super quick take. Sure. Children's movies for the fall. Yeah. Kind of put that in a different category. Yeah. So looking at this list, we've got Storks, Trolls, Mona, Sing, and A Monster Calls, which I haven't heard of. Why, why are kids' movies all now like one word? Yeah. I was looking at the two. I, I don't know. Uh, but Monster Calls made me think of Monster Trucks, which is that yeah, terrible-looking yeah. Disney. So I looked that up. That movie doesn't come out until January, which means, I mean, I've been seeing trailers for that since, I don't know, Zootopia? Ooh, like, I, I've been seeing trailers for that for six months. I've been seeing trailers for Sing for, yeah. since Zootopia, since like pre-Zootopia. Yeah. And even then, it's like, 
coming in December. I'm like, it's just turning hot. Yeah. Looking at this list, so Storks looks terrible. I will not take my girls to see that. Not interested at all. Can, can I admit something? Sure. Those wolves. Uh-huh. In the trailer. I mean, sure, but that movie looks terrible, right? Yeah. Okay. You those, know that movie's going to be Yeah. But those horrible. wolves, I just find myself like, those are like my minions. Sure. I was like, if they're, if they're in that thing for like 10 solid minutes, yeah, I, I might, it might be worth the price of admission, but I agree. It looks pretty bad. Yeah. Trolls. We will not be seeing if <laughs> at, at all possible. Like, <laughs> at, like I imagine, I'm not sure when that comes out. Is it already out? It's not out yet. No. Right? I imagine the marketing for this movie is going to be ramped up like through the roof and I'm afraid it will be unavoidable. I found it almost hilarious. I think I was listening to a podcast and they just, I, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is critique something somebody's done mm-hmm. without making a big deal about your critique without calling a lot of attention to it. Mm-hmm. And there are these people and they just kind of made fun and commented on how sad Justin Timberlake's song is mm-hmm. for trolls, which is clearly like his you know, happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like his version of happy, but they, they just quietly commented on like, listen to this, listening to lyrics. And then yeah. they just like, they're just totally innocuous. Like you could mad lib them right. together. You probably did. Yeah. But just with these people just being like, look at this and then playing it. It just, it made it, it, it was like the emperor has no clothes. Right. Here's a guy who's just like <laughs> desperate for a hit. Yeah. Who just can't, seem to get traction i mean talk about a guy who's like well see i i would say the opposite i don't think he's it's a it's a it's made to be a hit like there's no song there's no way that song would not have been a hit but and i think it's reflected in how little effort they put into the music into the lyrics into like even the video is literally just them dancing and singing the song in the studio that video is bad yeah it's like i i almost feel like on some of those that you can like sense the the guns from (laughs) off screen where they're like do a twirl now twirl like you're happy but but the thing about about the song is i thought that they made an interesting point about is they started promoting that and pushing that song now I don't listen to like top 40 radio, mm. but these people were like talking about like from a music standpoint that apparently they were trying to get that to be like a song of the summer, mm. like, and get people like on it. But right. like the billboard chart had like 140, <laughs> like no one was interested. Nobody cared, but it's like happy came out. I don't even remember what movie that was on, mm-hmm. but it came out, I think long before the movie. And it just like everyone like picked up on it and they were like, yeah, I'm happy. And the movie just slid right down their throats, mm-hmm. you know? And on this one, I think people are going to choke on the troll movie when they try and shove it down. Like, no, remember <laughs> this song to help the, the medicine go down. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. And the, the song's terrible. And this movie looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I will say is, I thought it was interesting that the one interesting thing that they had about this is they, they almost make the, the animation look stop motion mm-hmm. and they almost make it look tactile. Like 
there's like something trying to chomp them or something. And it looks like it's yarn. Mm-hmm. It looks like uh, Yoshi's woolly world. Like it has mm-hmm. a sensibility, but it's like all computer graphics. So it's like the studio was saying, Hey, we need something other than this slick computer graphics. <laughs> but instead of actually trying to like do something like stop motion and interesting, like make, just make the animation look, mm-hmm. you know, kind of handmade. Mm-hmm. I find, I find that like, doubly and triply cynical yeah well i mean that's what they did with the lego movie yeah that's what they did with the lego movie but the lego movie is actually like funny sure and i mean and it makes sense for the lego movie and it makes sense for yeah because they're lego but even then you could argue that these trolls were real life dolls so they're kind of trying to replicate how they the dolls would move I don't know. I never had a, a troll, so I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but but there's that like that chomping worm thing, but the the, the sure. worm thing looks like it's made of wool. Like, mm-hmm. why would you go for that aesthetic if you're just computer animating everything? Yeah. Like yeah, and like you said, at least the Lego thing, they're made of Legos, and it would have taken them a decade to like stop motion every one of those Lego pieces. Yeah. That would have been insane. Uh, Mona, which is a Disney movie, mm-hmm. and we will probably see this from the creator of Hamilton. We okay, did the, we did the music. Okay, uh, but I think Mona stars a girl, right? Yes, so that's the main reason, probably, why we'll see. And The it. Rock, and The Rock, which you, I would say, have an irrational dislike of. Listen, Gene Wilder died today, <laughs> uh-huh. so. But yeah. no, yeah, I do not like The Rock. I don't like yeah, him. I'm not sure why. Like, I, I, I'm not going to argue for The Rock, but I've got nothing against him. Like, I would rather have him as our Arnold Schwarzenegger than Sam Worthington. I don't think he could be. I think, I think what gets me is that he's, like, too self-aware of what he is. Yeah. Whereas Arnold Schwarzenegger was just, like, just trying to do the best I can with my broken English and my huge biceps. Sure. You know what I mean? And then he kind of grew yeah. naturally into this thing. But, but the rock kind of came out as like a fully formed man baby where he's like, love me culture. Uh-huh. I am exactly what you like. I'm big. And I'm like, I'm going to raise my eyebrow, but I'm going to pivot that into like socially conscious, you know, attempts at like, profundity you know <laughs> in the midst of all my sure. I- insanity and it's just like it feels like he's a product like anything else you know and mm-hmm. i'm just supposed to be like oh how could you not like the, the rock you know like mountain dew it just it's so bubbly you know mm-hmm. i just don't i don't like it it's like a aggr- he's aggressively like I, I i know exactly what i am and sure. everyone should freaking love me yeah I, I can see that but it just doesn't bother me uh, Sing, which is probably tied with Trolls at the top of the list of movies I absolutely do not want to see. I, I will probably end up seeing Sing just because oh. the advertising for this is all over the place. We saw the Secret Life of Pets. Did you saw the secret? Did you see the Secret Life of Pets? Yeah, there were Sing posters and advertisements all throughout <laughs> that movie. movie. It was like they made the movie just to promote no. Sing. That's yeah. That that's exactly. It and sing. Number one, sing is sad for me because it comes from the director of Son of Rambo, which is it really? Yeah, which is great. <laughs> he also made the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is not great, but he tried. Uh-huh. He tried. And the sing is just like it's so just bl- like 
can you can you come up with a less inspired let's do let's do American Idol as American Idol is wrapping up, but for completely fictitious animal characters. And let's give, you know, the big, you know, animals soft, funny voices. Let's give a mouse a deep baritone. Won't that be hilarious? I'm just like, man, this just seems so just uninspired and dis- like disgusting. It yeah. just seems and, like and a let's disgusting have one product. of the main characters be like the uh, embodiment of like adult desperation and like loss of hope. Like the 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 housewife <laughs> who just is like it just is like these. This is like a not what I want my kids. She's dancing in the eye. Is, yeah. Right. She's like, she's not appreciated by her husband or her kids. And just is like, she hates her life. Right. Like, man, this is bleak. Yeah. For a kids movie. I was thinking like what the alternative would be. Like, I like thinking about like the adult version of this movie. And it's like that scene of her dancing through the aisles is like her. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, and then a monster calls. I don't even know what that is. That's from the director of the orphanage, and isn't the orphanage a horror movie? Yeah. And the impossible about the uh, wave, the um, that killed hundreds of thousands of and people. And so he's making a kids movie. He's making a kids movie. And basically, it's about a a child who befriends a a tree monster, voiced by Liam Neeson. Oh yeah, okay, I saw that trailer. Yeah, that looks insane. No, my girls are not watching that. They're not watching that. No, either. because that looks terrifying. Yeah, it looks like a kids movie made by a horror movie director. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly what it is. But I I feel like I didn't see Pete's Dragon. But I don't know what the difference is. Uh huh. Right. What's the difference between? I mean, one I mean, is a dragon that don't actually fur. exist, and one is a tree that is monster that exists. What are you saying? It's a tree. There are millions of trees around us. So you're afraid that your daughters are going to be scared. Of <laughs> yes, trees. but it turns out to be a friendly tree. Like, I don't care. Like the BFG, Pete's dragon, a monster calls. I just feel like a monster calls is just the unfortunate end of a trio of films that all seem to be like here's a scary thing that's actually nice and friendly and helping yeah and i don't see how they don't get away from the adults want to destroy it the kid wants to save it Mm. which seems to be like i don't know what i didn't see the bfg or um peach dragon Dragon, but it it seems to me like it's gonna be the same of you know which is all just like the iron giant right exactly i was gonna say it's just watch the Iron Giant. Right. That's great. Every girl seen it. It gets a little intense. I, mean, I, I cried. <laughs>